gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. and welcome to this uh, the latest episode of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm your host Stephen Wilson and today we're going to go back in time a wee bit and look back at one of the most iconic and barbaric matches in wrestling history. Yes, we are talking about tables, ladders and chairs. Oh, oh my! my. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. The delayed reaction there. If it was Adam Cole, it would be the baby the right baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so we're talking about the history of, T- of the TLC match right back to when the first match came about in 2000, nearly 19 years to the day. So we're going to celebrate it on this odd number of years since. Uh, with a wee, for we look back at the history of this match. But before we start, just a little bit of housekeeping for you. If you want to subscribe to any of our old shows and future shows, you can find us on any good podcasting site and any bad podcasting site as well. Uh, just search for Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. A couple of the ones is iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, you name it, we're on it, you know. And, and that's just the bad ones? That's just the bad ones, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's all, the, all these random ones as well. Uh, and you can also follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. And we've also got a lovely, no longer your website, just a lovely website, suplexretweet.com, where you can see all past articles, past shows, and anything in between. Uh, now... When we're talking about tables, ladders and chairs, I don't need no scrubs, because I've got this lovely panel. <laughs> <laughs> don't know it's older, that song or the TLC matches themselves? I think the song. Maybe. The song. The song was 99. The song was 99. song, maybe. Oh, yeah. year, Jesus. <laughs> First of all, whilst Edge and Christian had a five second pose, this man has five second performances that are much less spectacular. It's the Buckfast Banker. <laughs> I didn't even drink Buckfast. Where'd you get that from? That's uh, that a point. <laughs> that time, that session we had last week, you claimed to be hungover on Buckfast, even though you didn't have any. Five seconds is quite. I would already. That's uh, overestimating it. I had too much beer inside of that day. I lost count of what even I was drinking at all. <laughs> so you thought you had some Buckfast? Yeah. It, it must have been the Buckfast. It was the Wait, devil's juice. Sorry, are you skipping the fact that you've actually got 99 seconds worse because you used to be known as a 104 second man? <laughs> That's some solid math right there. <laughs> <laughs> Quick maths. But I can't count to ten. <laughs> David, how you doing? I'm doing all right, thanks. Yeah. You still look like you're sweating over there. I know. I was just having David. One David those, had a very had one of those sour sweeties, and I was literally like had tears running down my face in the last hour. Yeah, David had a, a sour sweet from our our next panelist, and it's gotten really, really sweating. And we'll see how he goes as the as the show progresses. Up next, the Dudleys once cried, get the tables, but this man just likes to break canoes. It's strange. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say break tables. Like, I've not broke a table yet, to be fair. You just bang tables, don't you? Well, for name's tables. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, Shrek? I don't say bad. <laughs> oh, man, said that. And finally, the girls once screamed for the Hardys. However, women do the same for this next panellist, just with terror more than lust. It's Ryan Gar. Hardy is my middle name, mate. Actually, no, it's not. It's hard on. <laughs> it's French. What so, wait, your name is Ryan Hardon Gallagher? It's actually pronounced Hardon. <laughs> is that like Mystique? Yes. <laughs> Don't even. How's it going, man? Not bad, mate. Good, good. And also, 
DLC 2 had the added components that made it extra special of Lita, Rhino and Spike Dudley. We also have an added bonus on this show however, for all of Lita's beauty, Rhino's aggression and Spike's courage. We have the complete 180 polar opposite in the form of Kwaku Aji. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, just glad to be on the show. It's a shame I'm not doing it with my tag team brother and Derek because it would have been good to talk about TLC with my bro Derek but instead I've literally got the rut of the Stevens the family are well. Fair enough. The rut. I'm doing better than you normally do. <laughs> so folks, how are we all today? Not bad. Dandy. Ready to talk about some TLC? Mm-hmm. Testify, my brother. Oh my. I like Jennifer Lop- Le- Left Eye Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> So, let's get chasing waterfalls. <laughs> let's get into a bit of tender loving care, folks. Hello. Hello. No. Nope. And let's go back to the beginning and let's talk about the origins of the TLC match, which was probably round about 1999, David, where mm-hmm. we got the um, the best of five feuds between Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys. What are your memories of that? Uh Kind of vague actually, because I didn't really start watching wrestling until sort of early 2000s, around the, the peak of the Ruthless Aggression era, but I do know that the Edge and Christian and the Hardys were sort of one of the most prominent tag team feuds like in all of WWE at the time, because those two teams sort of went back and forth um, with their rivalry, exchanging tag titles and literally just changing the entire tag team game forever. And then also with the Dudleys getting added in as well, you had a really, not just like well-rounded tag team division, but a lot of really reliable performers that would always like deliver main event style performances. Yeah, Strack. They had the the match. The main match of that series was the Unforgiven. Oh no, Mercy. Sorry, nineteen ninety nine ladder match. The two of them had. Uh, where would that rank in terms of ladder matches in history? Probably. See, I've got to say, it's just that to me because I'm the old man. I actually, just, I sat and watched all of this live, and mm. honestly, it was the build up to it was so good. And it was forty two at the time as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Dorian Gray. I don't age. Um, no, it was just Edge and Christian kind of separated to the Brood and kind of were on the rain and then you had the Hardys kind of with Michael Hayes then with Gangrel and then they started to kind of come out in the rain and then once it got to that ladder match the two of the teams just showed how good they were mm-hmm. and honestly you're watching and you're like you, I'm used to like the LOD and Demolition and the older tag teams but then you see two the teams that come in with a newer style just the stuff they were doing spearing each other off ladders and uh, twist a fair ladders and swanton and stuff like that. You were like, this is, this is the new stuff. This is what I'm interested in. I think that was the first match they also ever had as well. But they had the camera above attached the, to the belts. <laughs> attached to the belts. I think Jerry Lawler on that match. The was Kauai, like, Kyoto, so, cam. So, so amused. That's a great camera angle. Oh my god. But uh, from there on, Ryan, that the. We got the extra addition to the tag division a couple of months later with the, the Dudleys coming mm-hmm. to SmackDown, moving from ECW. Yeah. Uh, um, but that, perhaps their gimmick didn't really come into fold for a few months, but they just added an extra layer to the division. Aye, not right away, but I mean, you look at the matches that the, the three of them have, and we'll get to talk about it over the course of the show. Anyway, the three of them teams together, <sighs> outstanding. I don't think there's ever been a... You look at the recognition they've had over the years mm-hmm. for the, the matches that they had. So, aye, outstanding, the, the three of them. And I think the Dudleys added that wee extra. Because, I mean, having a triple threat kind of ladder match as it is kind of adds up something a bit extra. Because if you've got two teams, it's fine. But then you've always got that kind of wee team lurking at the side. 
as well, which is quite good that we're just going to come in and get involved. So I think the Dudley's going to add something, something quite good to that. Yeah, because you mentioned the ladder match, which we'll go into a wee minute, but quicker before that, we actually had the, an often forgot about match at the Royal Rumble 2000s, the oh. table match between the, the Dudleys and the Hardys. But stuck alright there mate. no it was just that, that was one? just a, honestly I watched that match I'm, I, I'm not even lying about 20-30 times that was just an awesome match it was just so they came up with stuff just like you still a lot on the spot because it kind of when it fell through but stuff they were doing and then you know it you're like ah, this is so entertaining it was an elimination ladder uh, tables match went to that one at the Rumble I think you had to get there was a couple of eliminations in it Oh yeah, there was one eliminated both members of each team. It was a weird type of format as well because... Uh, both, team had, both members had to go through the table at the same time, which you thought, well, how, how's that going to yeah, go? Well, that's it. But then they come up with well, a line. Well, you can't be done, but you just have to... It's they not did, they put Devon on a table and then just hit Bubba with brutal chair shots until he fell. You also had to do the one as well that you had to put some... You had to be put through the table because Jeff tried to do a swan turn. Um, aye, that's right. Did they, they count like put yourself through the table, aye? I mean, that rule's completely void nowadays. We noticed that a uh, few... Was it 2012 where they had Big Show and Cody Rhodes where Big Show stood... Oh, yeah, Big walked. Show like, stood on the table and it just broke. <laughs> that was fun. And the face he pulled as well. That was just hilarious. <laughs> but uh, we then, from that match, we went on to the match at WrestleMania 2000, which Ryan alluded to the triple threat ladder match between the three teams it's a Dave it's a it's a, it's a bland WrestleMania in many people's opinion this match yeah, this, this kind of stole the show on that card absolutely it was not the, the, the strongest WrestleMania they've ever done but this has actually been highly regarded as never mind match of the night this has been considered one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history and even as far back as 2004 just before Mania 20 Ric Flair was doing a top 10 matches uh, type show this match was number two at the time so that goes to show how critically acclaimed it was and the fact that it you know it started off as a ladder match and the way it sort of kind of morphed halfway through into that TLC concept it, it, it's not like they introduced the match type straight away it sort of was born out of you know how crazy and how extreme can these teams get with their with the ladder stipulation you know let's let's add to it let's add more more weapons to the fray and it just turned into something absolutely magical it was good that you signified each part of the match with a different team the Dudleys were the table side the Lardies were the ladders and then Edge and Christian were the concerto they used to use mm. which I don't know how anybody th- th- uh, you got to take a concerto tonight <laughs> no, no I'm not, not. <laughs> no I'm not <laughs> but they did and so that was kind of each team had their own signature weapon to be that's why mm-hmm. they've said that's what just made it so good together that finish as well where they had the, the table rested on the two ladders like a platform it's just such a creative way to win it as well <laughs> but this was before uh, this is before the kind of Asian Christians started bringing the chair element into their gimmick mm-hmm. uh, I think it was not long after because they were still faces at this point in time it was when they turned teal just after Wrestlemania 2000s that the kind of chair element, as you said, the concerto mm. aspect came into it, but there was unprotected headshots as well. Do you say? Majorly unprotected headshots. Yeah. And it's steel on steel with skull in the middle. Uh, very well, very accurately prepared there from that aspect of it. But uh, that's one of JR's comments. Actually, it was did it unforgiven two thousand six Hell in a Cell match. That's when he used it. Yeah, but uh, the, this was obviously the beginning of this feud because they did take it one step further. At SummerSlam 2000, and it's kind of that way. Like 
you know, it's the, it's the most obvious thing. It's like, as you said, strike these guys have got chairs, these guys have got ladders, these guys have got tables. What are we going to do? Chuck them all together <laughs> and have a bit of fun with it. Tables, ladders, and chairs were formed. Uh, I believe it was Mick Foley announced that. Yeah. Officially uh, announced it. That's where we got that phrase that we talked about at the start of the show the tables, ladders, chairs. Oh my. <laughs> as he said multiple, multiple times <laughs> in that promo package. Uh, I mean, looking back on it, guys. Uh, when you heard there was going to be this type of, I know most of us were quite young at this point in time. What was your thoughts when you thought this going to about this match beforehand, Ryan? I see. I was I was quite young at the time. I was only about seven at this point. So mm. actually, I remember watching it. It was one of these ones where I was kind of just starting to get into wrestling at that age. And I remember coming home and I had all the the videos that I would get from my my mate around the corner. And I remember this one being on. And he used to get. He was his big brother was a wrestling fan and I always remember getting the videos and I used to go home and sit and I watch and I always remember that these matches the TLC matches because as a wee guy seeing them and going oh Jesus what is going on here like mm-hmm. what are they doing um, as opposed to just the matches I'd seen before so I, I loved watching them kind of growing up man but obviously Strack you would have been what 50 Four, at that point <laughs> <laughs> uh, 14 so you're not far off <laughs> not far off but that's probably right up your street I know I'm, I'm saying I was only 7 but you'll probably remember that better than the most of I mean, see, cause kinda, I grew up watching through the kind of it wasn't a PG era but it was kind of starting to morph into that attitude era but you, as you say you kind of get tag matches and they're all the same format you kind of just just a tag match there you go but it started to come into this new thing where it's three teams rather than just two you had the three teams going at it then you had the, the suspense of, oh he could get near it he could get near it he could get near it he could put it that way he could put it that way there was just so much you, you, honestly one of the matches that we day sweeps for every pay-per-view that comes up see if we did day one back then and go who do you pick Hardys Dudleys or the Christian Christian to win this I can guarantee it wouldn't be a landslide pick it would be a heavy split it would see, be a, easily a split see the thing about this Dave here's a stat for you see this match is widely acclaimed to be one of the greatest matches of all time you know it's the second shortest TLC match in WWE history what this one this one second shortest I, I, think, I, think, I, I think I can guess what the first one is go for it Braun Strowman Baron Corbin TLC 2018 no it was actually Miz and Jerry Law on an mm-hmm. episode of Raw oh damn it so this was the second shortest TLC match of all time but when the one which we'll talk about in a wee minute at Wrestlemania 17 was actually only a minute longer but it just showed the chemistry Mm. that these three teams had that they could put on such a classic yeah, this particular pay-per-view it's not like one team had the, the ed- well for lack of a better word edge over another but um, it, it, all three teams were entirely credible in their own right each of them had an equal shot of winning because they were all of them were just as good as each other and but the funny thing is like starting from the triangle ladder match which sort of morphed into TLC but then the next two TLCs after they were all won by Edge and Christian yeah, Edge and Christian had a good record in this uh, uh, triangle feud. They won all the big matches on the big pay-per-views because they won that one at WrestleMania 2000. Yep. They won the two first TLC matches mm-hmm. and then lost the one where they added in uh, Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit mm. for but, the tag titles. I think what I really like about this match is, is that it's you're guaranteed absolute carnage and it is a bit of a, a spot fest, but my God, the kind of spots they put on... You know, it's, it's jaw-dropping. And I think that's kind why of what really it, sells the idea. Why is it worth your and Sportfest? You just love that phrase. 
And you say it as if it's the well, dirtiest we, thing ever. We, you like comedy wrestling. I mean, that's... Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I like spot fest the same way you like comedy wrestling. No, but you say it like you don't like it. No, I do like it. Alright. But this, <laughs> this match had a difficult... It was in a difficult match. It was in a difficult spot. It was in a quite a loaded pay-per-view at WrestleMania in 2000. You had the likes of um, Undertaker Kane was on this card. You had the Triple Threat uh, match. Cut Angle. Uh, Cut Angle, Triple H and The Rock. So there was a lot of great things in there. This, this, people talk about uh, SummerSlam 2000. Half these matches get forgotten about because this match is so good. Uh, but there's always a big thing with big matches. It's like, how can you top something that's so great? It's often never seen, never done. You look at it in movies in particular. How many good sequels? You can count good sequels in one hand. But when these three went at it again at WrestleMania 17, it's absolute gold. Struggle you in this one with your thoughts on the 17 match. Uh, Dave's phrase was just absolute carnage. It was <laughs> so good. It was just because then they started Christian and Edge kind of made an alliance with Rhino, so he just came in and just speared everybody through tables. Rhino was then, <laughs> oh, he's just British, just running about spear people. Your lad don't care if he's in this. The leader not get. We, I, Lita, she came in and just got used like the free side. That was the thing that they had extra. The free extra. Yeah, Lita just getting used the crash test dummy. And then Spike Dudley came in, you went, oh wee man, just run him, run. <laughs> and then they got a hoddy hit him, and he was getting launched a bit. And it was just, everything was happening, everybody, you see the camera guy trying to run about, going, oh he's doing this, he's doing that. It's like, listen, just do a wide shot and just watch it all. Some way you can. See, the thing is, Ryan, as good as we, the SummerSlam 2000 is, we're not saying that's a bad match. This match has got so many more memorable moments. And so, you look back at all the great moments of CLC, most of them are in this match. Argue, but like at the, the best mm. moment. Of of all time, I'd probably say the best moment of all time in wrestling. This the one is it's the spear. Yeah, it's hanging spear. Yeah. How did he not die from that? <laughs> like, see when you're planning, see when you're sitting down to plan a match, and somebody you said earlier on about the the concerto. See when somebody comes to you and goes, "Oh, by the way, you're going to be hanging on the title, something. I'm going to spear you from mid air." Why would you sign up to that? Why would you turn around and go? He's going to party. Plus, as well, there was a there was a. Was there not a ladder only a couple of feet behind them? Aye. Because Bubba, Bubba moved Aye. on. Bubba moved the ladder. Aye, but the corners were kind of... Aye, but the corners were kind of... I think he just tipped over the rope. Mm. The corners were kind of... So see if he speared him forward. Aye. He'd have went on to the back he wanted. It would have basically been like a guy getting powerbombed on the foosball table mm. on Twitter. Oh. It would have been like that. <laughs> 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 That's brutal. Oh. But, but there's that. There's... Jeff Hardy does the swanton from the massive ladder. Aye. Onto Rhino. Onto Rhino, I'm sure. Mm. And then there's the spot at the end oh. with uh, Bubba and, and Matt oh. falling through like a million tables. Best ah, that was good. Whatever. Ah. Took an hour to set up 30 seconds to See, <laughs> That might be debatable. When we talk about later on, there's a great one with Edge and Undertaker. Yes, that's that a fantastic thing. Something similar happened, yeah, it was. But this is like carnage. See on the Matt and Bubba Ray one, mm-hmm. the thing I just love, like, see what you see the replays over and over, is the fact that the Lord are toppled and then mid, when it's at the angle, you actually see them jump off the ladder right into it. So it's like, it's actually quite funny to see them literally jump themselves into the table for maximum impact and I loved it. It was like four tables, like two by two, yeah. and then they just went through all four of them. It's just so, but, but 
and Quacko makes a great point, it's that extra jump that the two of them kind of do. It's like, like it's, oh crap, we're not going to make it. Jump. No, it's Aye. to take the accelerated force aft. So if you, if you held onto the ladder, the force of the ladder swinging you down with a slam him into the ground, when they jumped aft, it's like, see if a lift's going to, a lift's going to collapse, yeah. see if you jump up just before it collapses, you'll the energy, still die. Nah, you'll still die. <laughs> <laughs> you get a smaller percentage chance of living. But so it means when you jump off the ladder, the energy's not going to slam you into the ground, you can't just pop yourself off and it knocks you through the table. See, see the thing Physics, I, my boy! <laughs> on top of all these spots we mentioned, it can't stand this out. The thing I think it stands out to a lot of people as well is that this was on arguably what people class as the greatest pay-per-view card WrestleMania's ever had. Aye. And it was able to stand out. I mean, you look at everything else. It, I talked about some of the matches in the 2001, but look, all the things that were on this card as well, to actually have a match that stirs in memory, it takes something special. And as Strat mentioned as well, Ryan, they had the added elements they didn't have in the last match of mm-hmm. uh, Lita, Rhino, Spike. Just, I can only remember Rhino just wrecking people. That was great. That's all I can remember. Like, I, there's not a lot for the match that I can properly pick out, apart from the kind of spots that we've mentioned already. Mm-hmm. But, one thing I do always remember is Rhino just wrecking bodies. It's like Rhino is like you're playing WWE 2K19 and you've got unlimited finishers. Yeah. Just, ah, 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 just constantly just spear people. It's the fact that Paul Heyman's on commentary. Who's getting the Dudley dog from Spike and they throw him through a table? Is that Rhino as well? Was it Rhino getting that or was it somebody? Was it somebody do you know what? I feel sorry for Spike Dudley. Yeah, he's taken that spot more than once. Oh, as well. He just used to get absolutely wrecked. Because he was tiny. But as not well. just in this match, like just in general, Spike Dudley would get chucked Spike about. Spike Dudley gets absolutely destroyed. Like in like Brock Lesnar's debut. Like an no, you ever see what happened in ECW? Aye, he can put Powerbomb through the flaming tables, never in your lap. Jesus, and you're taking half, not even half the money, like one fifth the money you're taking in WWE. <laughs> but then there's that, and there's also. The bumps Lita's taken in that match as well. This is this is two thousand and one, where as we've talked about in previous shows, the bombing women's division was not where it was. Yeah. Maybe now, and she's taken absolute. She's taken gorse. That just shows uh, you how how far ahead of the time Lita really was. Though the fact that she would get involved in that, because you looked at that point, all the all the women in wrestling were were models really, and that was about it. Whereas Lita was there. Imagine if you speared Terry Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> She'd still be in the corner of the new. <laughs> But no, I agree with that, man. That's that is true. See, a lot of the women wrestlers back then, they were, as you say, they were kind of like Playboy models. That's pretty they much weren't they? Even Sable, they're going, oh, Sable was the women's champion. It's like, but she didn't really, she didn't really do much. So that was the only thing. So Lita was definitely equal rights. Definitely equal rights. Aye. You can spear a guy, you can spear a bird. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the universal debate then is. Which one of these two matches was the better of the two? 17. Oh, 17. There's <laughs> <laughs> your debate for you. <laughs> debate over. <laughs> Next. <laughs> but actually, the thing we talk about Rhino as well, the great thing is he gets involved in the finish as well because he lifts um, one of the Ezra Christian on his shoulders to kind of lift, go for the, go for the belts. Right. Right. It's amazing. Rhino still looks the same as he did back then. He's not aged. He's, not he's, aged at still, all, yes. he's still built like a, like a powerhouse. He's like that. So when he came back recently at Impact and he's got the and he's a hood up, it's like, who is that? Like, look at the thighs. Come <laughs> on, look at the square build. It is obviously Rhino. It's clearly. It's right. either him or a, a caterpillar truck with shorts on. One out two. It's a very good. That one is on Rhino. It's a very very good analogy that one, but. No winner. 
The guy has not changed. He's been in WWE, TNA, well, back when he was like against AJ Styles stuff like that. The guy has not aged. But the thing you can obviously we can agree on these two matches, like with the early Hell in a Cells with the likes of Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Undertaker Mankind, is it's easily had two matches can cement a legacy mm-hmm. for a full stipulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what we got with this kind of TLC aspect of it, as it kind of transitioned across WWE. But as we'll go into now before we talk about the other WWE matches later on, it's actually went quite far into other promotions as well across the world. Statsman, yeah. can I ask you a question? Okay. What was the last recorded TLC match in any pro- in wrestling? Uh, I know exactly what you're going to say. You think I'm going to say Shock's House Party, aren't you? Well, what is it then? I'm going to say the Shock's House Party 6. Kings of Catch win against P.O.D. and... Oh no, sorry, Night Nine and Jody Fleisch and Johnny Storm. Oh no, you were wrong. Oh, well, it was not a bad guess, I don't know. No, you're forgetting about the seven women tables and ladders match, which is a slight variation on that match. Ladders, yeah, not TLC, though. <laughs> yes, but it's a variation on the match, David. But a chair involved. Potentially. But last TLC, I'm sticking with shocks. Alright, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's just an example. There has been lots of variations across other promotions. Uh, the first kind of one that kind of had some sort of variation, they actually brought it out before WWE. Uh, it was an ECW, where they had the tables and ladders match. Uh, between, I believe, it was, I'm trying to remember exactly who it was, I think San, it was a tag team match uh, on ECW, ECW actually ran a couple of them, uh, but the more familiar type of variation of the tables, ladders and chairs match was actually in TNA, are you aware of what the, that, that one is actually? Uh, or Impact, uh, King, of or King of the Mountain match, not quite the King of the Mountain match, it's the Full Metal Mayhem, oh, match. Uh, the cage. No, that's not the one in the cage, that's just full. Oh, that's a lockdown, yeah. That's a lockdown match. There's the one on T- on that one. Well, you can tell how much TNA we've watched then. <laughs> I only watched the X Division, then dinging to rest. Well, <laughs> there was actually a full Metal Mayhem match in the X Division. Aye, aye. A couple of them. Uh, one that you're probably well aware of, a really classic match on paper. The Motor City Machine Guns against Generation Me. Aye. Um, Generation Me again? Chase Stevens and... No, not that, Generation Me. This is the... This is uh, the, the box. Oh, the young box, so it is. Oh, the, the, no, the Naturals was Chase Stevens. Yeah, uh, Generation Me was uh, Young Bucks. The things you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was uh, Alex Shelling, Chris Sabin versus uh, the, the, the Young Bucks. Uh, final re- resolution, December 5th, 2010. And if you haven't watched any of the Mohors and Machine Gun matches, I would advise you to, because they were outstanding. Mm. Oh, they were, yeah. I really wish they'd I wish the motorcycle machine guns had been oh, in NXT. You've watched the motorcycle machine gun match? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, have you just suddenly turned into Hurricane Elves? <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? Is it your money ink as well? Yeah, because one of them's now signed with WWE. You probably rewatched that match. Yeah, that's, that's how I found out about Bobby Roode <laughs> in the first place. They are actually in a full Metal Mayhem match, actually, David. Oh, how about that? <laughs> yeah, they, they took on. There was four teams in this match. This is actually quite an interesting one from Bound for the Glory 2009. It's the British Invasion, which was Doug Williams and Magnus. Nick take- Aldis. Yes. Mm-hmm. Him. Taking on Team 3D. Of course. Aye. Who are they? The Hardy Boys. This is, um, it's a group of guys that go to Sunny World or Renfrew Street and just book out the whole place because they're so rich. Yeah. They're Fair all enough. fun. Well, yeah. The other teams in it were Beer Money Inc. and the main event mafia team of Booker T and Scott Steiner. What? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that, the main event mafia. That sounds like it was back when TNA was just absolutely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's when they bought everybody then went, oh, we have the money. <laughs> On that, on, before we quickly move away on that one, the big one is who would you think has been in the most 
of these type of matches in TNA. Uh, in TNA or WWE? In TNA. Is it one person or a tag team? One person. What one person would, be, would you say would be in the most of these type of matches in TNA? Bobby Roode. Red. Styles. Abyss. No, it was actually Jeff Hardy. Uh, he was in five of those matches. Oh, he was a... Of course he was, yeah. <laughs> Rejuvie face paint. Yeah, they had, uh, there was, there's been 14 Full Metal Mayhem matches to date. Uh, Jeff's been in five. One, two. One of which was a match with him and Chris Sabin. Which is actually sound pretty good on paper. There's some, there's some really actually. What year was that? That was in 2013. Oh no, that was terrible. That one. Was it? Was it? Uh, it was just a push for Jeff. It sounds, it sounds, But you got there's other ones here. Um, Dirty Heels versus the the Wolves. Uh, David Richards and Eddie Edwards. The Dirty Heels was Bobby Roode and Austin Aries. Aye, no, the Wolves were good. They were really good as well. Eddie Edwards and David Richards. Uh, there was a the Hardys facing a full metal mayhem match. There's a. The recent one, the most recent one was the LAX versus the Lucha Bros. I need to see that. Which Apparently TNA's got better. I've not, I stopped watching TNA and people are going to hate me for this. See when Matt Hardy came out with the, the, the broken gimmick. Mm-hmm. I hated it. Hated it with a passion. So I just stopped, I stopped watching the fall of TNA because it was just dying. You hated the broken gimmick? Aye, I, I hated it. I, thought, I, I, started, I hated the New Day as well, but see as time went on I thought it was funny. Yeah, it's just sort of it's one of those gimmicks that just grows on you. Aye, aye. I hated it and then I thought that's actually quite funny. Before, before we move on from TNA, there's another one that struck you would maybe have liked if it happened 10 years before it of uh, Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn in 2011. Aye, that was the whole they tried to like, bring, like, try to reboost the X Division and they brought in like, Zima Ion, who's new in. DJZ, yeah. Aye, he's new in the SD. Whatever. Joaquin Wilde. Aye, somewhat. They tried to reboost, reboot the X Division. Mick Foley was the guy hiring the talent. It's like, what would Mick Foley know about the X Division? But anyway, um, <laughs> they, but, aye, they tried to reboot it and they thought, we'll bring RVD versus Jerry Lynn. I'm like, 10 years ago, amazing. No. No. So that's the, the kind of variation that TNA's done. Now we're going to. We'll go closer to home actually because our own guys at ICW have done a few, a few TLC matches in their time. Mm-hmm. I'll go around the pan quickly and ask how many TLC matches do you think there's been in ICW history? Go oh, I'm gonna say three. Shrug. Forty-six. <laughs> Not your age. No way. <laughs> Dave, I'll say five. Right. Six. It's actually four. <laughs> See, I said twenty-six. He said four. Six. Where did we go? Where there? So I was closest, I'll say So uh, Dave brought up the most recent one which happened at Shug's house party. It was the, the Kings of Cats versus the 99 versus Jody Fleisch and Johnny, Johnny Storm. Storm. Not, not to be confused with the Human Torch. No anyway. One, no one would get that confused. You can I give a shout out to the lads in that match? Spe- uh, Jack Morris, especially. Woo! Was he the one who did the shooting star? Yes. Oh, wasp. See, I wasn't, I wasn't there at this match, so I've not seen it. Apparently, it was absolutely outstanding. Yeah. yeah, it was a brilliant match. They, they all did their spots. Yeah, they all did their spots, and um, Aspen did a really cool moonsault down to the ground. Uh, Dickie Divers took a few table spots off of his own. Uh, Jody Fleisch doing a uh, running um, German suplex when someone's holding a ladder and stuff like that. It's just amazing. No, Jack Morris's shooting star mm-hmm. is hands down spot the night. He did it right right in front of where we were standing, so we yeah. got the best view of it. It's just the fact he shrugs himself. He just shrugs. He goes, "Why not?" And does it. Does it off the ladder. Just for it. It was yeah. so flawless as well. Like it's, oh, no, no, shooting like, star press. Like Evan Bourne shooting star shooting star press. That's how good it was. Ryan, you mentioned you, weren't, you didn't see this match, but I know you saw the next one, the one they did previously, the one at the Hydro. 
Yes. 16 TLC, which was won by the POD. Yeah, that was a strange match. Well, strange finish to the match, actually, but mm. it was actually really good. Um, one of my favourite photos, actually, from that match was... Uh, was it looking sharp? Put up um, him and Krager. I think they were, they were doing again. Uh, I, I know the one that was, that was. He's coming off the. He's coming off the the top rope. Mm. And I think Krager's ordering something in the photo. I think uh, Dave Wilson's took it from up on the the top of the mm-hmm. thing. But it's just bodies. There's like bodies run round about everywhere, and you just see looking sharp flying through there. I think he's going to do like a kind of archaeo type thing some, to Sunday. There are some great teams in this match. You've got like it's uh, looking sharp and Krieger. You've got Mark Haskins and Jimmy Havoc. Mm-hmm. Just sounds absolutely chaotic. <laughs> Briscoes as well. Briscoes are in it. You've got a punch. Pa- paper cutting people. Oh. <laughs> of all the things they do in wrestling, the things like paper cuts and that is like the thing that gets you. It's only because everybody's had a paper cut. Everybody's had a paper cut. So you know what it feels like when you get a paper cut. Mm. So when you see somebody intentionally doing it in the webs of your fingers, you're just oh, like, Stephen, stop, stop, stop it, stop it, stop <laughs> it. Uh, we'll move away from that horrific image. And we'll, the, one of the other matches was on, uh, one of the ones that last not too much about the garage. Uh, we had one for the ICW World title where it was essentially the NAK implode, kind of implosion type yes. thing. With the four members of NAK, it was Renfrew versus BT Gunn versus Stevie Boy versus Wolfgang. Mm-hmm. Which was won by uh, Chris Renfrew. That was one of the biggest pop, like pop surprises in the garage. And was when first of all it was Stevie that turned on NAK, then Wolfie, and uh, just the sheer shock on it. It was when they joined Black Label and stuff. Well, Wolfie said claimed he didn't, but we all know he did. <laughs> and the other one, which happened three and a half years prior to it, was. Uh, the Bucky Boys losing out to the team of STI, which we talked about a few weeks ago on our uh, ICW Tag Division show. Mm-hmm. For the it was the tournament final for the Tag Team Championships. Dave is confused about STI. He's thinking, <laughs> he's thinking I only go five seconds. I don't know about these things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna walk out. Of that. <laughs> Still an STI in five seconds. Nah, nah, I'm kidding on Dave. Uh, that's the team of Dickie Divers and William Grange. Yeah, yeah, I remember them mentioned in the tag team history, so... I can't. The only, uh, just one team that's just coming to my head as soon as you said that. Lost for Vitos. Why were they in a TLC match? <laughs> They'd won in many matches, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there was four matches in, in the history of ICW's TLC when they do it quite frequently, but... In term, one thing that shocked us before we did our research was how many tag team matches actually there were in WWE. There was only, what was it, Dave? How many was there on WWE? How many tag team TLCs? How many TLCs in general, sorry? Oh, 23. Yes, there was 23 other ones. Uh, there was obviously 21 following on from the two original ones, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in the second half of the show. But before that, I'm going to go into some of the ones that were picked out by our listeners. You know, our listeners are very active in this subject. I say that, and many of them agreed with the panel's pick initially of... What one was better, TL, the first two TLCs? A lot of them went for uh, the Mania 17 TLC2. Uh, David Holmes, Stephen Bebbington, Sean Smith, uh, who else as well? Ross Farmer, uh, one of the panellists, Sarah Grieve, and Joshua Hong all said the rest of the one at Mania 17. That sounds like a shout out in the GBX. We'll <laughs> <laughs> get you some Dario G on the man. Oh no, I've already played that. Oh, what, Georgie boy? Any bits and pieces, big man? <laughs> you concrete angel. <laughs> For Cali, she's two. It's always, it's always the same one. Uh, an in- interesting fact we were on this point when we talk about we were talking about one some other promotions. Uh, 
Grant McRobbie, who always picks obscure matches, mm-hmm. has picked a recent match from Progress between Aussie Open and the Swords of Essex, which, if you're not familiar with them, is the team of Paul Robinson and Will Osprey. That, that would be quite deftly and high-flying. Yeah, I think that was Osprey's last Progress match. Okay. That was before he left mm-hmm. it. Cause they is Paul Robinson pretty much the retirer man? Like, does he... Well, technically... He would team with him. He's like the guy ushers him away. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, he he had Havoc's last matches, but no, him and um, him and Osprey are quite good pals, I think. Oh, are they? Because they're both from Essex, so oh, fair enough. They were very bizarre. Did you ever see the the build up to them matches? I don't really watch Progress a lot, but I kind of keep up with the build up on on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And Paul Robinson got a Will Osprey type um, cape thing that Will Osprey wears to the ring, but they kind of dressed similar, and it looked bizarre. Seen Paul Robinson kicking about in this kind of red and white cape phone. If you want to see Bizarre and Paul Robinson, you need to look up the video of when Progress did like the throwback show and it comes out like Patrick Swayze and Dolly Dancing. That, I think the cape that well, Spray's on the bit with is this Assassin's Creed hoodie. You yeah. can buy them off of eBay. So I got one, I had to get like a triple XL. And what, how? It's coming for China. How little those people. <laughs> <laughs> a triple XL and I still almost burst it. Uh, some, of the, some of the other matches people have mentioned which uh, Brendan he mentioned the NAK implosion that we talked about earlier yeah. on so uh, and some of the other guys mentioned some of the ones we'll talk about in a bit more depth in the second half of the show panellist David Campbell he mentioned John Cena versus Edge from Toronto Unforgiven 2006 that's great, underrated that one match. never seen that it's a very good match I think it was the one I think it was a stipulation where Cena lost he, to, he goes to Smackdown yeah to Smackdown yeah so um that shows you if you've never seen that match you guess you know how that finishes it's a hidden gem definitely and it was in Edge's hometown of Toronto so there was a partisan crowd see if I thought about hidden gems another match which we'll probably talk about later on which was from another panelist Nathan Fisher was a Shield versus Team Hell No and Ryback banging love that banging match, match. That's it. Seth Rollins so how nearly dies in that match oh. <laughs> looks absolutely spaced <laughs> it's a cracking finish in that one uh, another one that was mentioned by Sarah which again we probably will mention later on was the Jeff Hardy vs CM Punk from SummerSlam 2009 cannot believe that was 10 years ago yeah and again another underrated match because like, over I think like obviously matches like Mania 17 and the obviously some of the other triple threat tag team matches it just overshadows this one but if you really just sit back and watch it's just as good as any of the others I mean there's an aspect of that match People always forget is that's with Undertaker. There was a return of Undertaker as well following that match, and it was Jeff Hardy's last pay per view appearance of that particular run before he went off and said, "I'm coming back," and then showed up in TNA, and he was there for for eight, for like seven years. Well, he did come back in 2017, so he was there for he was there for a while, but he, did, he was meant to take a short spell out and then showed up at the first TNA Monday night show. And then the rest is history. So yeah, that's some of the ones from the panel there. Let's see, a lot of solid picks from them. Uh, no, from the panel, sorry. Uh, from the listeners. Oh, some of the panel. Some yeah. panels, some listeners, you know, there's some solid picks in there. I think a lot of the ones that we'll go into in the second half of the show, where we will be talking about some of the other TLC matches that followed in the years prior to the initial ones with the Edge, Christian, Dudley Boys, and the Hardys. We'll then go into the old, the standalone pay per view of TLC. We'll talk about the matches then and the concept of the pay per view itself before our panel will pick their favourite TLC matches of all time. But before that, we're going to have a short break. And here is two of the main six uh, first guys for the TLC match. We've got Devon Dudley and Jeff Hardy looking back at that famous TLC match and critiquing it in some detail. <laughs> uh, but that's there and we'll see you after the break. 
are the kings of catch. You're listening to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Many moons later. Yeah, uh, Jeff Hardy, Devon uh, Dudley. Yeah. We're reminiscing about our TLC match. You know, we're just going to sit back and reminisce on that TLC match. And, for you sure, know, yeah. there were some good times. There were some dangerous times. And, uh, you know, for some of the teams in that match, there were some bad times. For sure, man. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, here we go. I hadn't seen this in a long time. Should yeah. be fun. Should be fun. My, my fear of heights coming back and uh, hanging oh, yeah. with certain people in there. For sure, just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. just hanging. Just SummerSlam, just hanging out. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, this is when I had yeah. hair. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I kind of look better without here. An hour south of, of this uh, of Raleigh is our home, you know, in Cameron, right. North Carolina. So we were pumped, man, to yep. be a part of such a huge pay per view. And that crowd was electrified. They oh, really wow, were. Yeah. <laughs> Infamous sprint. Oh, almost ran to the ran, table. Ran into the table. <laughs> there we go. Hot start. Hot start. And the funny thing about wow. it was I looked at Bubba <laughs> as you're running down. I said, if Jeff hits that table. <laughs> oh, and I was high stepping. I was so excited. Wow. You know, Jeff, we were young and hungry and we wanted right. it. And I think that was the main thing behind this. Oh, yeah. I think I was breathing for air at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And the bad thing about the ladders, they hurt. Oh, my oh gosh, God, they yeah. hurt. No matter how you tried to soften the blow, it just, God. Yeah, you just got to take it. You got to take it, yeah. Well, I mean, where do you go from here? That was always the struggle like, to, to keep, you know, inclining and take the crowd for a ride. And I know we, for sure, tonight we, we kept raising it. <laughs> and now Bubba goes upstairs. There's the tag belts. I told you, I think they're going to need bigger ladders. I tried to look at you while I'm listening, but you can't look away from it. I hadn't seen this in so long. So rapid and just... Yeah. I mean, well, hell, you're still doing it. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, my gosh. Yeah. The crazy thing about this, Jeff, is I'm sitting here and I'm watching it. And like you, I, it's hard to take my eyes off it. But yet, if I had the opportunity to go in here and do this again, I would. Oh, I mean, I because we, yeah. we had so much fun. Yeah, for sure. We had I know so much would. fun. I always thought doing a What's Up spot where I jumped off the top rope into a man's uh, private area uh, <laughs> was not one of my <laughs> magical moments in my career, but it made us a lot of money. <laughs> it did. I'm not sure. I think I did it one time and about knocked myself out somehow. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to do. I knew this was like great, but I kind of forgot how great it was. I hadn't seen it so long. Cause, wow, you can tell we're kind of you know, trying no, to get through yeah. the end. Wow. And, and the great thing about it is when you look at the front row, even when you dove and Bubba moved, yeah. you could see everybody standing up on their feet. Everybody yeah. was loved in this match it's because beautiful. the people honestly respected what we were doing in there. And they knew they were going to be not only entertained, but breathtaking maneuvers and things that we were doing in there. They were going to be sitting at the edge of their seats, biting their fingers. For sure. That's exactly what was happening there. And, you know, that's the thing a lot of people don't understand, that we might escape injuries and all of that the day of the event. But one of the hardest things is having to, oof, like you see even that with Bubba taking those tables. to the four tables. All through those tables. The, the biggest thing is what we feel the next morning, the soreness, the bodies being beat up. You know, that, that hurts more than actually being injured itself because that's pain that takes time to go away. And it's just, it's, it's incredible. I remember when both Edge and Christian were climbing up after Bubba went through the tables. I remember the crowd booing because they didn't want, want to see Edge and Christian win again. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. it was you guys' hometown. Oh, yeah. yeah, here comes Lita. God, the way everything just linked together. Yeah. 
didn't realize the history that we would be creating even after this. Wow, man, mad, mad. That, that was some commitment with that one. Yeah, he did. Yeah, here's the scariest moment of my career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, climbing up that ladder with you. And Jeff, I love you to death, but you were so unpredictable. <laughs> I just remember hanging on with you screaming because you kept kicking and the ladder wasn't moved and Edge didn't get there yet. And I said, Jeff, if you ever loved me, you would stop kicking me. The ladder is not moved. <laughs> that was so aggressive. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, I remember screaming at this point. Wow. <laughs> that was terrible on my part. <laughs> oh. I'm already petrified. And you were just kicking. I was like, if you ever loved me, please stop kicking me. <laughs> Boom. No, they booed. They booed Edge and Christian, boy. They did not want them to win. That was. That was incredible. Nobody in that arena sat down from the time we walked out there until the time Edge and Christian pulled those belts down. No one sat down. But you know something? If I had to do it again, you guys, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardys, I would do it again. Oh, yeah, for sure. The chemistry that we had back then was just unreal. To have what we had back then can be duplicated. This is the Catch Provocateur, Alexander Dean, and you can catch me on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson. I'm joined by Ryan, David, Strack, and Quacku, and we are talking about the history of tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh my. Thank you. That was much better cued than in the first half of the show. Uh, before the one that did it too. <laughs> you only need one. Let's get that, baby! <laughs> I was tempted to say that, actually. <laughs> before we carry on with the show, first I would just like to thank Alexander Dean for being the voice of this week's show. You can catch Sarah's interview with him this coming Monday, where he talks about his career to date and all the things coming up. So that's Alexander Dean on all good podcasting sites iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Android sites, anything else. Podchaser. <laughs> Random ones, you know. And I've got to give a quick, there's a great story on Becky Lynch in there as well. The man. So you can hear that this coming Monday. Right, let's get back on to Tables, Ladders and Jails. And in the first half of the show, we talked about the original feud that led to it and some of the variations and other promotions. Like, So we're going to talk about some of the matches that kind of pre- preceded the Edge and Christian Dudley's Hardy feud and before we go on to the actual pay-per-view itself now in the first half I kind of mentioned we were quite surprised about how few matches in the tables as in just stipulation there was see before they actually brought out the themed pay-per-view how many of these matches were there? 8 4 8 7 Oh, yeah, Ryan was smart, always copy David. <laughs> you <laughs> to be too confident. To be fair, I have it in front of me just now. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm cheating, I'm cheating. We, we both cheated. Cheats. Shocking. Sorry. Yes, yeah, so there was only eight. Um, there was two matches that kind of followed within about the year after the, the one at WrestleMania 17. And they, were all, they were tag matches and they involved four teams each. There was one I briefly mentioned from SmackDown, which involved the original teams plus... Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit and the match that I personally think is the most underrated TLC match of all time was at Raw Roulette October 2002 which we had Jeff Hardy with 
teaming with RVD to take on Christian and Chris Jericho, the Dudley Boys, which was Bubba Ray, Dudley and Spike, and Kane by himself. Why not? I mean, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Because Kane. the Hurricane got attacked before the match. Um, Again, why not? <laughs> Even if Hurricane was involved, it'd just be a, like, a, a really weird mix of tag teams. Uh, and I watched this match the other day too. What was your thoughts on it, dude? I think this is actually, I know, as odd as the tag teams were, I think this is one that's has a lot of great spots in it. The fact that Kane is able to just handle himself against these uh, these three other teams, it's um, it definitely is a it's a it's an oddball. But I think if you look at it from the concept that you know these kinds of matches are always a bit extreme, a bit crazy for you know like as, as any TLC matches are. There are some really nice little gems that you wouldn't, that you haven't really expected to see, like Chris Jericho taking that huge tumble off the ladder straight to the outside. Uh, I think Bubba Ray Dudley actually got concussed, and Jericho had to guide him through the rest of the match. That was a, a notable yeah, it was thing a, that occurred. That was a good point. Another, another one in Strack as well. I mean, since that this match on Raw, the whole using it in a tag format, which was what it was originally for, has been very rarely seen. We've only really seen one with DX and Jericho. And then the one we talked about, the Shield versus uh, Team Hell No and Ryback. They're the only two kind of real tag team variations. And the one which involved Kurt Angle joining the Shield as well. But it was a handicap match. Uh, <sighs> do you think this match was... These first four matches, including the ones we talked about in the first half, shows how, how well it can be used for the tag team aspect? I think it is a better t- format for a tag team because you've... Let- it's, it's kind of bad to put it on two guys because it means like, look at, if you look back at spots Jeff Hardy getting speared and then the Matt Hardy and Bobby getting launched to a table people got umpteen chair shots if you just get two guys in this mm-hmm. both of them are going to end up taking a, a bump through a table decked by a ladder cracked by a chair launched off of stuff and it's a lot to ask for two guys to I'm put themselves through that kind of limits how much Aye, they can take in one match whereas if you've got if you're taking a shot, at least you can lie outside for a couple of minutes and get a bit of recovery, but also at the same time, you're not going to go, oh, Jeff Hardy just suplexed CM Punk outside the ring through three tables, and then five minutes later, oh, look, Punk's back up. And you're he's like, fine. He's, and he's walking a bit, whereas at least, like, obviously, half the team go through the tables, they're done for at least a good eight, ten minutes, because you can believe we'll go that little like a hurt, whereas... If you date with two guys, they're really limited on what they can do, how they can take stuff, and how it looks. And the other thing, Ryan, with these two matches is one was on SmackDown and one was on Raw. Mm-hmm. Something which we've very rarely seen nowadays, especially with the theme pay per view on it. Do you think it was, this works on a standard uh, weekly show? I think it does. I, th- I think you you run the risk of just keeping these matches as too kind of high caliber if you save it for pay per views. But if you chuck one in, like, one is good for ratings. Mm-hmm. and two you don't expect it to be on a show as well so if I tuned into Raw next week and they went oh it's going to be a TLC match I'd be like well, you, superb like look at the one in 2013 where it was uh, the first Raw of the year and it was uh, CM Punk vs Ryback mm-hmm. you know and they'd advertised that a good few weeks before yeah that, that was that was meant to be at TLC 2012 a few weeks prior but then Punk got injured and that's how we ended up with Shield versus Team Hell No and Ryback yeah but as Ryan said as well they advertise because they advertise this so much in advance. They could have had it as a stand-up ladder match. They could have had as any other stipulation, but they kept the stipulation and drew the drew viewers in, and that kind of continued on. They kind of feud with Ryback and the Shield. I think the only thing that let that match down was the fact that 
the Royal Rumble 2013 was coming up and that's when The Rock was going to face the WWE Champion and you couldn't really see him facing anybody else other than CM Punk because I mean, it'd be, it, right I mean it'd be a shock to the system if Ryback won and then we'd go on to face The Rock but it's just one of those matches where you think I mean it could happen but if I was a betting man you've got to go with CM Punk winning but uh, see before they actually kind of transitioned us to this theme pay-per-view there was, a, there was another four ones and these were all singles matches and they all involved uh, a world title being on the line and uh, freedom involved Edge one we talked about in the first half track was the John Cena Edge match at Toronto and then after that there was then the Undertaker uh, Edge match afterwards <laughs> <laughs> who was the other one? who else did they face in a, for the world title? he was involved in three of these four matches it was Edge and uh, Jeff Hardy I think no, no. Ric Flair yes Dave it was Ric Flair <laughs> see, that, see that's the only thing I would say I, I only let it I kind of fell away for wrestling for about after the invasion until about 2010 so a good, a good while I, kind of, I kept up to date with it but I didn't I didn't have any access to any format mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any keen obviously there? Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, <laughs> what was your thoughts on no, um, it? Right, if anytime I see a TLC match, like, doesn't matter if it's pay per view or on a weekly show, I say fantastic. I so, think, particularly back then, as well, though, like now, if I've seen one, yeah. as much as we get excited, you know, it's not going to be as mental as it mm. used to be. Like Edge and Ric Flair as well, that, that was the first TLC match in about four years. Mm. So back then, it was a rarity. So, so I'm seeing that kind of match crop up again, I mean, it was perfect. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, John Cena Edge is often talked about as the best singles TLC match with good reason. But a lot of people would also say that the one with the Undertaker was good. But Dave, as you pointed out in the first half of the show, a lot of these ones are kind of more spotty fests. Yeah. Do you think this kind of applied with this Undertaker Edge match? Kind of, yeah. But the thing that sort of helped with Undertaker Edge is that there was an added stipulation that if Undertaker lost, he would be forced to leave WWE or he would get like fired or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've also got to think Undertaker and Edge have had this huge rivalry going ever since he, Edge cashed in Money in the Bank on him the year prior mm-hmm. but but this time you know Edge had his La Familia stable so it wasn't that worry about you know just one on one and two guys not being able to carry a TLC match where there's more hardware than competitors but having La Familia in there you know say Edge took a brutal I think he took a last ride through two tables off a ladder and then La Familia comes out to like keep the Undertaker busy while Edge recovers. That's kind of what helped save it in the way. So it's not unrealistic in the way that you know Edge gets put through a table and Undertaker could just climb up. Hmm. So yeah, having that La Familia advantage as well definitely sort of added the numbers to it. But there's um, with the, the, there's the other match kind of that happened at SummerSlam 2009, which we alluded to as well, which was the CM Punk Jeff Hardy match. Uh, so there's a lot of stakes on the line at this particular match, but how would you, right? How would you have rated this match in terms of how it went in history? I just think any match that involves a ladder and Jeff Hardy is going to be outstanding. <laughs> but I don't think I've I would ever be disappointed because, like we said earlier on in the show, he's a bit half his head. Um, we'll go back to 17, getting obviously speared in mid-air. Um, no, I think I can't remember the match exactly. I, I watched it maybe a, a few months ago. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly that, what the best spot for him is like. the, the the massive ladder and the through, the, through the through the announce table. Spanish announce table. Aye. Yeah. How come it's always Spanish announce table? I always feel so it's, sorry for them. It's, it's a sort of catch-all thing. I always feel so sorry for them. Their desk always gets ruined. Mm-hmm. Carlos Cabrera and Hugo. Savinovich, yeah. That one. 
Oh yeah, they get an absolute pummeling on it. But this was actually, this stood out in a, in a period, I think. This was kind of like a summer slam I didn't think it was very attractive. And we saw that when we talked about the matches earlier on. They were on quite high profile cards. They did, they were standing out because of, they, they, even in a, in a packed mince. But these ones, they had to kind of stand out because there wasn't a lot round about it. I think that was how important a big stipulation match was back then. Because now it's kind of diluted a wee bit, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, the fact that, you know, like we said before, it was back in the day, it was considered a rarity, but now that it has the themed pay-per-view to support it, it doesn't feel that special anymore, but at the same time, you still look forward to it. See, we'll talk a wee bit more about the themed pay-per-views in a bit, but within the kind of this kind of landscape of themed pay-per-views, there was still matches that weren't on a, T on a TLC pay-per-view. Uh, one, which I think Mr. Raji might like, and I know Ryan to my left, right, is the one, the WLC. Oh, what a match! <laughs> that Outstanding. Was, that match was so much better than it should have been. Like, and it was a pre-show match too. I know. Was that on the pre-show? It was a pre-show mm -hmm. match. It was uh, some phenomenal. <laughs> it was El Torito versus Hornswoggle from Extreme Rules 2014. <laughs> what a waste of Los and VMB. Apparently, it was the only the second ever TLC match to finish by pin. I've seen that one as well. I'm more concerned that Dave thought there was such a thing as a waste of lost Matadores. <laughs> <laughs> actually, yeah, also we carried that team. <laughs> but uh, uh, um, it's actually a very, very good match. It is. It's absolutely brilliant. It's just kind of scaled down, isn't it, really? Yeah. See, the thing I feel quite bad for is they kind of, they make the match like a joke match. Mm. See if anybody's ever watched the Royal Rumble 1998. You ever see a six-man tag with a... The, the small wrestlers, the Tarantula, El uh, Nova, yeah. Nova and stuff like that. Honestly, 2000, uh, WrestleMania, uh, Royal Rumble 1998, there's a six-man tag and it's all, oh, I don't use the term midget, mm -hmm. it's little people. And honestly, they're amazing high flyers. The stuff they were doing was just, I'm like, it's like it's realist, but like, smaller, like travel size. And they were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant. <laughs> it's kind of like when they had a, the juniors division in uh, 2005 on like SmackDown and Velocity. Like it was actually quite entertaining matches. It was something that darn athletes like everybody else. Aye, that's I the thing. That. See, as long as you don't book, like strikes says, well, I, I hate saying the word midget, right? But you know what I mean. Yeah. As long as you see if you book them, like in matches against people their own size. See when you put them in matches against big guys and they just get chucked about, it kinda it kinda makes a bit of a joke of them. Whereas in that one you give them a chance to although it probably wasn't as as eye catching as your WrestleMania seventeens or your your shield ones where you've just got people falling from everywhere. They're putting everything in it and they're getting the chance to, to get into it. So I actually quite I loved it. I thought it was great. They did have that cracking spot as well, I think. Uh I think it was like El Torito springboards to the outside to gender and Lost Matadores and they go through that big pile of tables and ladders. Like I think that's like the biggest spot of the night. This is one of the last aspects I think of 3MB we ever had. But it was probably one of the best parts of the full gimmick. Drew took a fantastic spot as well in that match. Like he literally just like swantoned over the top rope and just went through a table. Like he didn't even it wasn't like he was going for anybody or anything. He just took such a big bump in that spot. In, in this, we mentioned the CM Punk Ryback one as well. In this kind of period of the TLC pay per view, there's one other match, that, no, two other matches that didn't occur in a TLC pay per view. Uh, Dave, you mentioned one earlier on of Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin recently. 
which happened in yeah briefly yeah that was 2018 and it was for the Intercontinental Championship there's a there's another one in there does anybody remember the other one it involved the world title in 2010 um, was it King and Miz Bingo. Yeah, that's the one there. Not a match I really remember. Really. No, I don't yeah, remember. Really. Well, I could talk to you all day well, about I, that. Please do. It was considered, it's considered one of the worst, I think. Yeah. Well, well, I could well, well, make it well, up. Well, 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 can, well, can we wait until panel favourite matches? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear this right now, please fast forward. <laughs> do you know one thing I actually quite liked when we're talking about the the standalone pay per view? I actually thought when I was going to do my research on this that the matches would have been quite disappointing because of when they brought that in it was when they were kind of starting to move away from being a bit mental with the TLC matches I thought it was going to be absolutely rubbish looking back at the matches there's actually quite a few really really good matches that have happened on a TLC pay-per-view we mentioned the one earlier on with the the Shield against Team Hell No like that was probably one of my favourites to watch I just thought it was absolute carnage but Looking, looking back through, there's quite a lot of quality See, matches. I think that we're going to the TLC pay per view for every, for as many good matches there was with that TLC stipulation on that pay per view. There's there's a few clangers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Shield one for example. That was the Shield's debut match. It was absolutely chaotic. And then amazing. we fast forward to the one in 2017. Where it was the Shield and Kurt Angle against The Miz, Braun Strowman, Kane, Cesaro, Sheamus. That could have been better though. <laughs> it could have oh, been no, right. It, it could was. have been better if you didn't have Kurt Angle. Well, that's and not it. through their fault, you know, it's like mother could nature. It could have been better if you didn't have Kane and then the random pit of the bar. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just it was just way too many people on one side. I think it was just to give the impression that you know, it's it's a handicap stipulation. The Shield are gonna have an uphill battle because if they just put a regular six-man tag, everybody's gonna be favouring the Shield, and there's no like anticipation or drama really. Yeah, but they full brunch. They nearly killed brunch. <laughs> <laughs> there's an attempted murder except, attempt on brunch. Except he turns up eight days later in a different city and out of a different dump truck. <laughs> and then the other one that kind of stands out to me as an absolute farce of a one was the one. Uh, TLC 2014 of Bray Wyatt vs Dean Ambrose uh, oh I'd completely forgotten about that I don't remember it's, it's, that it's, the, it's, the, it's the finish I don't remember the finish to this match did he not like grab a TV monitor and it literally blew up in his face yeah the TV monitor blew up in his face and then Bray pins him that was it like no no TLC it was a, a TV that killed it for him see the thing is I, was, I watched that match and I'm like, the gear Bray Wyatt's got and the gear Dan Ambrose has got I'm like this is two guys having a fight in an empty house <laughs> but this main event at the pay per view as well. It was just. I'm what, like, what am I watching? What else, what else was there? Well, there was. Was, was, that, not, was, yeah, was that not also the, the one where they had a stairs match as well? And the pay per view was kind of tables, ladders, and chairs and stairs? I remember that. I think oh, unofficial, terrible. Unofficially, it was, it was the stairs. It was Rowan and Big Show. That was that year. I was telling Oh, I've erased that from my memory. It was that was an awful paper. Probably game. not if you brought it back to the table. Wait, you brought it back. Not me. It was stored in his RAM. He deleted it. <laughs> Amongst other things. But um, as it writes, there is a few fantastic matches in there. Uh, even if you've not seen this one on paper, AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose. No, I, I did, did, I've seen, no, I did see that. I did, no, I have not. I think I, I, I only took that small period of time away, but stuff like that. 
Aye, he's aging. Aye, but even if you didn't, I'm saying, even for a person that's not seen it, it sounds great. <laughs> On paper, aye, but the, the, the whole match, you're just concentrating. AJ's ripped his trousers. So you know he's ripped his trousers. <laughs> So he did, I forgot. Yeah. Can, yeah. can AJ get a new pair of twizzles? Can he get Prop. this fixed? That annoyed me the whole... Do you know somebody actually made a created the, uh, AJ Styles gear with Rip? On, on uh, 2K9, uh, 2K17 or whatever it was. Somebody actually done that. I went on clicked on it. Preview, spun it around. Somebody actually put a patch and I'm like, really? I'll be the miss here. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, but... There were some great spots in that match, by the way, like especially from AJ's perspective, like he does the springboard 450 That's through great. the table on the outside. Aye. And for every great spot, that was James Ellsworth. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I forgot about him. That just ruined the whole match. Well, just he did ruin the whole match. He ruined wrestling. <laughs> for he ruined life he for ruined months. <laughs> Alright, can't top that. Yeah. I know Dean Ambrose does get the best retribution on him at the Rumble the next year. <laughs> when he when Ellsworth's outside the ring about to go in, Ambrose comes out and goes, We're gonna both go in together because Roman's in the ring. <laughs> and he just goes, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Ellsworth just goes in himself. But that's that really up until the Ellsworth part especially. That's just two of the best going at it. You know? It was a solid match led down by a really rubbish finish, yeah. There's some that's I Wyatt and Dean Ambrose was an okay match, but the finish was terrible on it as well. Shame with uh, Sheamus and Roman Reigns, I thought. Mm. I didn't think that was a great finish either. I think that was too much shenanigans for my likings. Uh, bloody League of Nations gets involved as well. That's kind of what the recurring theme of these TLC matches on pay-per-views is people with really bad gimmicks. League of Nations, James Ellsworth, and people always seem to get involved. Yeah, exactly. It's just absolute chaos. Solid just not the good chaos we talked about. Solid matches, poor finishes. It is kind of stuff like you do see. Like, see when they plan this match, and you go. Right, you didn't realise there's no DQ, so why are we going to have everybody just running in the ring? Because I haven't been Undertaker and Roman Reigns at that uh, Extreme Rules. You mean Edge? No, Undertaker and Roman Reigns tagged up. Oh, right, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Extreme Rules. Roman Reigns in the corner, getting a 10 punch to Drew. The ref starts counting as if he's got to get after up, and I'm like, you can't disqualify him, it's a need DQ match. <laughs> it's like that one, uh, was it the Saudi pay per view? Or the what? No. The cage match with Miz and Shane recently with the foot's on the rope. Oh, like the money in the bank, yeah. And money in the bank, yeah, guys. Yeah, here, yeah. It's like, you can't have rope breaks in a cage match. There's no rope cage match. It's like, don't know the rules. But speaking of solid TLCs with bad, fin- bad finishes, Miz and Jerry the King Lawler, Michael Cole interferes. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to fight you there. <laughs> that, that, that's all I'm saying on that. Uh, we talked a lot about sleeper matches on it. Uh, Punk versus Miz and Alberto Del Rio from 2011. It's actually got a no bad finish because mm. Punk's kind of handcuffed to the ropes. He was handcuffed twice, I think. And then he kind of has to unscrew the kind of. Oh, no, no, he was handcuffed to the ladder first and they broke, had to break off one of the support beams and then he got handcuffed to the ropes and untied the turnbuckle. Clearly, it's not the US quick for at least Kinky handcuffs at all. I didn't mean cash the tap him. What was the. Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger, Alberto Del Rio. Was that a ladder match? Was that a TLC or was that just a ladder match? No, that wasn't a TLC. No, that was that was originally a ladder match, but Dolph got concussed and then it just became Del Rio Swagger I quit match. I think that I don't think that was in a TLC. I think it was an Extreme Rules or something like that. That it was just a ladder match. See, much like Dolph Ziggler, I can't really remember that match. Because he was the edit. What they did? Just did 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 seem missing. What they did at the end of last year with the TLC, though, they kind of changed it up a bit, was when they had the first ever women's TLC, uh, the triple threat one between Asuka, Becky Lynch and Charlotte. What was everybody's thoughts on that particular match? I Historic. 
I, lo- I personally love the ending. I did like that ending. We won Yes. It's the fact that both of them are up on the ladder. And you, you knew that something was going to happen because it was the first time Ronda was on a pay-per-view with both Becky and Charlotte. But just that ending, it was just funny and great. I liked it. I thought, it, I knew she was getting into fear. But a lot of people said took away from how good the match was. Similar to the similar to the one we talked about with Styles and Ambrose. You can say that, but you just knew it was going to build to something great. That's mm. the thing, so it's forgivable, well, and it was great. It benefited all three of them in a way, because, you know, Charlotte and Becky were always Well, not ask a long term, but... Well, yeah. well Asuka got the window, so as you can yeah, see. Yeah, but... And look what happened, like, two months later. Exactly. Look what happened to him now. Mm. We just ask it and carry it. Anyway, it's a different good bait altogether. Jack, you've always been very vocal about Ronda Rousey. No, I didn't need Ronda in that match. Didn't need her at all. I just kind of did a WWE show after a shiny new toy. <laughs> right, what was your thoughts? No, I'm exactly right, Strike. I thought it was a great match. Actually, I really hoped that would have been Asuka just going to the top after that. And then it obviously didn't. She got totally chucked to the side right after that because, like Strack says, shiny new toy came along. Everybody under the Ronda bus. Yep. <laughs> they just overbooked the whole WrestleMania feud. Like, what was the point of Asuka even winning that match? If, that, if that's the way they were going to go. See, we could go completely different directions on it, but um, the fact that they've actually now catered and actually had a women's TLC, I know we've had all the other women's stipulation. Do you think this was a lot? We've talked about it in previous shows. Was this a long time coming having a women's TLC? Yep. And it, and it worked. Well, they've just about done every other match type, so I don't see why the TLC should be any different. So I think the fact, I think as long as they just keep it going and, you know, but not necessarily build the match around a feud, you know, you got to have a feud that is worthy of the match, mm-hmm. kind of like Hell in a Cell. Mm-hmm. So I just hope they keep it going, but then it will just fall back into, you know, having a, a really well-booked feud that leads to that, that kind of match. Mm-hmm. The only thing I will say is, if they're going to do the women's TLC, Hell in a Cell, whatever it is, they need, need disrespect to the women, but they need to take the bumps that the guys are taking. Because if you see Alexa Bliss versus Bailey in a cage match, it's just a regular match with a cage run about it. Mm-hmm. They do nothing. They don't dive off the tap. They don't get slammed into it. They, they don't get the cage hot in the heat. They, they don't do anything the guys are willing to do. So it's like, oh, it's women's first ever women's cage match. It's like, but they're no doing what they should be doing in a cage. I remember seeing a, a backstage video. Um, it was before they'd done the the women's Money in the Bank match, the first one. It was Natalia. And she, I, can't, I think it may have been on like Total Divas or something like that that got shared. Um, and she was talking about it and she was literally in tears at the fact that she had to go into this ladder match because she was terrified of falling off the ladder. And I'm just like, you can't put yourself in the, in the position to be in that match and then be scared of being in the match. Like, I'm not saying that all, like, all women wrestlers are like because I've seen Gail Kim and who was that lassie's name is it Taylor Wilde she's in TNA they did ah, the street fight and they just totally hmm. first time I've got to swear kicked the shit out of each other <laughs> it was tremendous they just went for it and honestly if you've ever seen it it was, Gail, it was Taylor Wilde wasn't it I think it was so Taylor, yeah. Yeah. Aye, they two just went for it and just leathered each other and you're like there you go then you've had the NXT matches like Asuka against um, Nicky Cross, yeah. Cross story. Um, you've had them just absolutely leather each other. You're like, so see if you're going to put this match, if you're going to put women in a TLC match, put women in a match who are willing to go, I'll take a suplex off the ladder. I'll, well, that, I'll go through a table. On yep. that note, obviously, like Shayna Baszler, Yoshirai in the steel cage, both Yoshirai and Candice LeRae 
jumped off the cage in Aye. spot. Like, it, they can do it. Aye, as you say, if they're free to day in the match, just say, listen, if you're no comfortable doing it, if you don't want to put yourself at risk, we'll just take you out it and we'll put you with somebody yeah, else. Because it can damage, it can end up damaging the match. Yeah. That you way, if you've got somebody else who's terrified. If on the top of the ladder and the oh, and bottled it mid-match, she's got mere chance of, if she gubs the spot and somebody shocks off the ladder, and she's froze to that ladder, she's not going to dare what I was saying about Matt and mm-hmm. uh, Bubba, pop Math to go through a table. She'll just grip on that ladder, yeah. bounce it, her weight will flick the, the end of the ladder up, catch something in the face, See. and we'll get a Joy Mercury again. See, I sure know what Ryan is saying about uh, <laughs> things, things that uh, ruin the match. Uh, we've been talking there about this whole brand pay-per-view and like with a lot of other matches a lot of the criticism is it's diluted the TLC match it does not make it feel the same you answer my question do you think that's the case I think TLC should be an announcement it shouldn't be a case we're going to have a TLC match at this time we just don't know who's going to be in it aye it should be a case two guys are getting to a point where you've hopped me with a chair ah well you put me through an house table fine we'll sort it this way and people go oh 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 Mm. and they go yeah TLC and the crowd pops. No going. See you at TLC. I'll see you there. Whereas now, uh, now you've got three months ahead. You might go right. Okay, Seth Rollins is going to be facing Braun Strowman. That's your build. And you're like, well, obviously they're going to end up in a TLC match. Well, like, well, they're obviously going to end up in Hell in a Cell. Oh, aye, yeah. or, aye, or something like that. The, the stipulation becomes obvious for a match, and it doesn't have the it's, same. It, it, it has to be factor. a rarity that builds around a solid feud. It's mm-hmm. the same, aye. but I, these kind of branded pay per views. Some of the times they work very rarely. Money in the bank. Money in the bank works, I think. Yeah, because yeah. there's an air of surprise on who's going to win, especially mm. when it's such a big yeah. thing. But TLC and likewise Hell in a Cell, they don't, and in a way, they have diluted the matches. Mm. And on that point, that's where, about, although they always produce a great match so far, I'm always going to be worried about NXT War Games for that same reason. But I no, think, but War Games is different. NXT they've got solid factions that they can anybody can hate. Yes, but when you know that oh, this get these team hate this team or this team, this group hate this group, you just know it's gonna yeah, be tough. The great, the great thing. thing about all these old when the TLC ones get announced is like such and such versus such and such N T L C It was like um I don't know when when they announced it and any, anything else. Like when Hell in a Cell get announced it's like an Hell in a Cell type idea. Mm-hmm. You know? It's that kind of that moment when they announce it, it's like as Rap would say, you're like three months before, you're like, but you know this is going to happen, and then a month before, they're like, ah, oh, they're facing in the main event of tables, ladders, and chairs. It's like, right, that's going to be a TLC match. Yeah. It's like you're, the, way you're, the way you describe it is the way you're saying uh, Royal Rumble 2000, Actus Jack took on Triple H in the street fight, mm-hmm. and everybody went, oh, that was really, really good. They're not going to top that. And then they go to No Way Out, and they went, Hell in a Cell. And everybody went, whoa, whoa, what? Aye. And they went, no, you can't be. And I boom, they hot it with that. See if you knew that was going to happen, they'd have been like, oh, good, these two are going to just do the same thing again. That's how it worked well, I think, with the initial first two TLCs, because they had that match at SummerSlam and they kept feuding. It's like, we're going to have them go again, mm-hmm. TLC, mm-hmm. and you thought, wow, this is great, Aye. you know. So that's where I think. And the Raw Roulette as well, it was, um, you know, it was completely, well, sort of randomish, but mm-hmm. it still was a nice surprise. Yeah, definitely. So. It's like a birthday present. You'd rather have a surprise than know what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the analogy. Easily done. <laughs> so, we've talked briefly about all those... Ma- uh, is 
Those was made 23 matches in history and left some of them out for reasons that are obvious if you've seen them. Uh, now I'm going to, for the last 50 or minutes or so, I'm going to go around the panel here and I'm going to get their favourite TLC matches now because he's mentioned it. I'm going to start with Kwaku. Kwaku. I'm going to mention WrestleMania 17. No, I'm going to mention <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler versus The Miz, uh, a TLC match on Raw for the WWE Championship. So why is it then? Why? Remind me how this came about. I don't even remember seeing this match. Well, they were just promoting the TLC pay-per-view, weren't they? <laughs> Thank you. Basically, the men's had just walked, cashed in on Randy Orton, and at the time there was a kind of there was kind of uh, a Michael Cole, Dick Jenner, the King Waller kind of feud going on, and basically. Um, somehow King got involved Alex Riley was kind of ra- winding him up oh, and stuff like that this is when uh, Michael Cole had his box wasn't it? Yeah, Cole yeah. yeah. just before the box I think yeah. mm-hmm. and basically <laughs> the, the thing I loved about this match was they had so many top spots that just teased that Jerry, like everyone loves Jerry the King Waller they just, he just, there's just something about him that like okay I wouldn't say wholesome because we can all remember yeah. when it was at puppies but at that time during like ruthless aggression era there was something quite wholesome about him about if you know what i mean mm-hmm. but and the fact that they were building up like this is his first opportunity at the wwe championship he got so many spots where he had he put alex riley through the table then he put a um, biz through the commentary table and he was kept on reaching up close to it Miz suddenly popped out he punched Miz down to the ground and we thought, yes, you're going to get it. No. All of a sudden we hear, Cole, where are you going? Where are you going? He climbs up and he stops he stops the king from getting the belt. And I'll just, it's just the whole, just, it just had me on edge that match and that's why I loved it. And it doesn't matter. You, you're gonna, you're gonna sit there and say, you know, it was too short. No, 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 there wasn't enough punching. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. There was. It was. It was really bad. It was this. It wasn't that. And again, this is the problem these days. People don't appreciate wrestling for what it actually is. They have to check on Twitter to see, oh Dave, am I allowed to like this match, Mr. Meltzer? Meltzer, not Hockney. Mr. Meltzer, am I allowed to say that I like this match because I just want to check. Oh no, Dave only gave it two stars. I hate this match. I didn't have anything and all that kind of stuff. Get in the bin. I love this match. Fight me if you want. And that concludes this week's episode of Eat Sleep Super Sweet. <laughs> uh, the rant that Quacko's been holding back just got unleashed. From that one, now we'll go to Strack. <laughs> Strack, what is your favourite TLC match of all time? I'm, I'm going to say WrestleMania 17 because it was just so fun. Sitting watching it, it was, it was so much was going on left and right, and people were getting speared through the tables. Rhino was just. The limited finisher button, you just get hit. <laughs> like Reese. I just wrote that bit, just like that, unlimited, three unlimited symbols. Bah, da, da. But you had, let's say, the Jeff Hardy spot, you had, the, the, I mean, even, I know it sounds bad, but see the chair shots now? You just go, oh, he's going to wait till he falls on his knees and hit him in the back with a chair. Whereas at that point, if you were still not looking at a guy, you're getting a chair in the face. And that was just so much fun. And the spots that Lita took, 
obviously, I had, if I meet the last year, but hats off, you took better bumps than most guys I've seen, so well done you, but no, 17 all the way. David, what's your pick? Uh, I'm also, uh, no actually, I'm, just for the sake of repeating WrestleMania 17, because it's clearly everybody's favourite, one I'm actually going to go with is The Shield versus Ryback and Team Hell No, largely because you know, it was the, Sh the Shield were obviously a, a known presence now at the time, and this was their sort of unintentional debut match because it was meant to be CM Punk right back. But what we got was a great, great replacement, and it was actually the first one to not feature like any championships or, and it was done by pinfall as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so it added a sort, of, a sort of new dimension to it as well. But I think it's just the fact that you had a really good mix of guys with different styles. You know, because obviously you got Brian and Rollins who are sort of the Sort of technical high flyers. You've got Kane and Ambrose, who are sort of like the crazy brawlers, and then you've got Roman and Ryback, who are like the powerhouses. So it's just having that good mix of styles with all the, the different weapons. Like obviously Ryback slamming a ladder into two of the guys. Ambrose and Rollins suplex Brian off a table that's perched on the corner, and then that bump by Rollins as well when he's pulled off the ladder he goes through a lunch of tables but he bangs his head off one of the other ones and doesn't break yeah it's like he goes through like a tower of three tables and he's literally had to get dragged out by the end of it oh god that looks stunning so the fact it, it, and the fact that they didn't just keep it to the sort of ringside area they literally just went up the ramp and everywhere else in between so, and the th it was a really solid opening opening match for the Shield as well because they needed a a really strong debut and they all three of the guys looked amazing. I think it's a great place in history is the fact that it puts it's a as you say it's a great way to get the shield over. And I think a lot of people remember that they got that big moment at a big on a big stipulation which probably was good for them that it was up there was on this pay per view, but maybe not the, for some other matches. It was just the variety of it. I think that's what really really helped out. Ryan, what are you gonna go with? Two guys have actually stolen my thunder. <laughs> yeah! I enjoyed 17. I enjoyed the, the shield against Team Hell No. Not one, I'm just looking through the matches. One I actually really did enjoy, and it's probably going to be a bit controversial, was Randy Orton against John Cena when they unified the titles. I surprisingly expected to hate that match. And actually, ended up actually really enjoying it. John Cena versus Randy Orton for and the fifteenth time. And that's exactly what my rant is for. Because hmm. there you go, enjoy it for what you like. Aye, it was a. It's one of these matches that kind of went either way. And the problem that I have with wrestling now is you can always tell the outcomes, or you can tell roughly what the outcomes are going to be long term. Whereas that one, I actually didn't know how they were going to go with it. Like I, I wasn't fully convinced for either way. So I felt like every time Sunday was going to go, I was kind of getting a bit worked up. And then they wouldn't get it, and then the next guy would go up, and then he wouldn't get it. And then eventually when also Randy Orton got it and turned into a total B. <laughs> and right after that, that was class. So I, that's probably my pick. The build-up to this match, I remember, was over, it was overshadowed by that championship ceremony. Yes. Where the crowd oh. were just went for... They were just, went nuclear for Daniel they Bryan. They went nuclear <laughs> for Daniel Bryan. We got teases of Triple H and CM Punk you know it was the, that overshadowed the whole feud on it but I think the thing that put off a lot of people as Strick said is um, how often we saw these two go at it and it was just like this is just a, this is just what's the point and the fact as well a bit of apprehension the fact that we're unifying the belts as well uh, well I think that's the reason I thought that it was going to be a bit rubbish because we've seen it so many times mm. before then and it was the 
the long-standing rivalry between the two. But I, I feel like when it came round, and the ma- totally exceeded my expectations. See, I think unifying the titles at the time, it actually seemed like a good move because, you know, the, the brand split was pretty much dead mm-hmm. and the WWE Championship was taken more seriously than the World Heavyweight title. So why not just sort of merge the two together and make them sort of one status or slash championship? But I, I think I see where you're coming from in the fact that, I mean, if you're going to get two guys to unify World Championships, I think it's good to have two reliable veterans like Cena and Orton to do mm-hmm. it, and they've got that rivaled history, so that kind of adds fuel to it a bit. It's two guys that you can guarantee is going to put on a great match. It was, a, it was actually quite a decent match. Uh, it had a decent finish as well, I think I remember right. I'm just trying to remember exactly. But, but I think he, Cena was handcuffed and he was meant to go through the table, but he just sort of hit it. So it was a, it's a slightly botched finish, but it was, it was still a brutal spot. Yeah, a few months later, we had my second favourite match, El Torito against Hornswoggle, <laughs> in a wee LC match. I am going to go, again, these have all picked fantastic ones, but I'm going to go with the match from Rob Roulette, that one with uh, all those all those teams that came in that winning it. It's just, see this time in wrestling, see this point in two, mid-2002, some of the matches you were seeing on Raw were absolutely amazing. That was around about the time we had Jeff Hardy against Undertaker in a ladder match, which is an absolute, one of the best ladder matches you'll ever see, and it's like, Kind of what Quacky was talking about the way you kept thinking Jerry Lawler was going to win that one with Miz, they had that with Hardy and Undertaker. But this kind of followed on from it, this kind of that chaotic aspect of the raw brand. And just, it was on a, it was a main event of a, a Monday, the, of the Monday night show. All your big bumming pay per view, they were these selling points, as we said, they were all on big pay per views, hell in a cell, Kate, you know, all that type of stuff. But this was just, it was kind of, came out of nothing, through the roulette. Oh, they should bring that. See, that's the scary thing. See, back then, they could fling main event the guys together for a tag team because they had nothing for them because there was so much going on. See, now, there's hardly any main event guys and they've got nothing for them. Mm-hmm. Some of the some of the spots we were talking about, I'm sure RVD hit a Van Daminator. Yeah. With a trash, was that a trash can? No, it was a chair. Was it was a chair. Van Terminated Kane, yeah. Aye, some of the stuff in that one was good. Kane came, looked, I know Kane as a star, has been a star, you know. Uh, but this was one of the points I looked at Kane and I thought this guy is an absolute superstar. Even though he had all this stuff before that with Undertaker, he had all that, everything going on. This was the one point I looked at him going, this guy is that could be that guy. And then they stupidly unmasked him. He was also Intercontinental Champion at the time, so he was a dual champion going into that match. It was, I would have liked to have seen Hurricane in it, but he didn't need him. I mean, what's up with that? It was the, it was the promo. Bef- it was the promo they had before it. It's like Hurricane when they won the titles to Hurricane. Like, what? Why have you picked Kane? We're both similar. We're both masks. And it's like I picked you because you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's absolutely chaotic. Some great spots in it, and as as was been said, we've said earlier on, the talent in that one it can just be go boom. There you're at. You're gonna main event Raw, TLC. Great way to end that type of run, I think. I have to have to go for that one. It's not my personal favourite all in, my personal favourite all in is WrestleMania 17. I think what made it fun was the fact that you're throwing random guys into a team together. Like RKO, or rated RKO, <clears throat> Edge and RKO at uh, Randall together. You thought, ah, then it ended up being really, really good. Wait. So you get a lot of, a lot of main event guys who are flying together as a tag team, it does really well. Christian, big show as well. Aye. Christian and Jericho end up becoming a team afterwards, you know, so it was a great example of when you throw things, people together that can work. The power trip. Mm-hmm. 
Austin oh, and Triple H. Th- oh. th- things like that happen in, in Rock matches like this. Uh. You don't really need chemistry with between two guys in a match like this. You just need solid performers. So you want to chuck a team together. That's probably the best kind of match to chuck them together in. Because they don't need to bounce off each other. Come really. On, come the bar. Jericho Big Show in DX in 2009. Yeah. It was, a, it, was a, it was a safe main event because they were all yeah. seasoned veterans. But a, bad, but a bad one was the one in 2017 that one. Actually, though, quickly before we finish up, just quick one, quick thought from the panel. We've said the best one. What's the worst TLC match of all time? I think it's that one in 2017. The Miz against Jerry Lawler. Because they only got two stars. There is one that tops that. Braun Strowman, Baron Corbin, 2018. Like, that wasn't even a TLC match, Aye, that was just a beatdown. Aye. That's bad. Uh, I think that... I've got some stats as well. God. What have you got? Aye. Two guys are three for three in TLC matches in WWE. One's Punk. Yeah, one's CM Punk, the other's Seth Rollins. And Jeff Hardy, you know, he said he's two for four in TNA. In WWE, he's never won a TLC match. And he's had five. That's a great stuff. Who's won the most? Uh, Edge, five. It just went out of seven. Five out of seven. It just got a great record. It was actually, I think it was alluded to, I think, at one point with the seven Cena feud. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's a thing, Jeff. You never win your stipulation, if you like. And the only TLC, match, the only TLC match that came one on his own was the tag team match. He's lost four others. Yeah, he was in that one. One of the ones we didn't actually talk about was the Fatal 4 way with him, Edge, Del Rio, and Rey Mysterio. I was going to say, you're saying you never win your stipulation, Undertaker. Yeah, but that's he's, never, he's never won a casket match, has he? No. no, he's won a casket match. Oh, no, he's he? never won a bet alive, I don't think. Oh no, he's won a casket against Heidenreich and Mark Henry. Come on. Oh, well, that's how I forgot Mustafa as well. Yep. God for Papa Shackle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that one, I think the 5 1 3 is the worst ever. But you think it's Corbin. Corbin Strowman, yeah. With the. Ah, I see Corbin Strowman was just mm, terrible. Yeah. Right. I wasn't paying attention, sorry, I was on that. Yes. You said, we'll go with. Actually, I will go Corbett Strowman. That's an absolute shocker. It wasn't even. That's, a, that's an example of the pay-per-view that you're looking at. You just fling it together, and there we go. Although Baron Corbin did at the a TLC pay-per-view have a very, 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 actually the best ever chairs match with Kalisto. That's the only decent chairs match, oh, T- oh, TLC style match he's ever been in. Hmm. Don't you disrespect the future king of the ring? My favourite table spot ever was when yeah. Edge set it on fire. And speared Mike Foley. Right. We're going. We're going completely off topic. Yeah. <laughs> that was just. A, that was just. A it was still a table. It's still on topic. Also, exactly. You know the future kind of ring of Shane McMahon. But anyway, I feel. I still live in fear of that. <laughs> I can't sleep at night with that fear in my back of my head. And on that particular note, that's a good way to end this week's show. We have talked about all things tables, ladders, and chairs. Even the point we just talked about chairs on the shelf, tables on the shelf, ladders on the shelf. Even we talked about stairs. Who am I? Why? <laughs> I'm fine. We're a regular being cute. <laughs> so yeah, that has been the history of TLC. If you've liked what you've heard today and you want to listen to everything else we've done, please subscribe to us. We're on all good podcasting sites. Some of the ones are iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Castbox. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thing. I'm just going to come up with a random, random podcast site of the week. You're going to have to all figure out what the heck that is. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that, uh, you can find us all on there. And we're all on all social media at Suplex Retweet. Right, coming up next week, we have got... It's going to be Kane! Yes, we've got the history of Kane. Oh, ten guesses who's hosting that show. It's Scott okay. <laughs> <laughs> is, is he excited? 
Uh, Scott pulled has out this show because he was that excited. <laughs> has he done his research on 43 Rumble eliminations and all that jazz? He's got kind of like that. See that way you kind of just got like painted all over his wall? Like a serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> yes, next week we're going to be talking about the career of Kane hosted by Scott McLeod. No one else in this show, this podcast, would want to host it. Has Has anybody else got to be on that show or just going no, to Scott? Just, no, it's just him. Just an hour and a half of Scott, yeah. Just him, on it by himself, talking about Kane. Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> sit, I'll sit in the corner playing Candy Crush with my laptop records <laughs> it. So that's coming up next week. Then the week after that, we've got a look back on the X Division, hosted by Strack. Boom. Talking about all things high-flying and TNA. It wasn't all just high-flying. <laughs> People also get kicked in the face. Oh, whilst flying in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes on the ground. <laughs> so that's coming up the week after that. We've got a lot of great shows come up in the next month, including a de- debut of one of our newest shows, The Debating Chamber. That's not the I almost heard that there. What? The Debating Chamber. No bass in front of that. <laughs> I just, it's like, is it the biscuit format or is it just the. <laughs> So that's coming up then we're also, and then we're also going to be look, we're also going to be looking at the battle between NXT and AEW in the last show of the month what's going up in the next few weeks <laughs> for me Stephen Wilson I'd like to thank my panel thank you doing? I thank <laughs> first Ryan Gallagher very welcome uh, David Talkman thanks Stephen Strang I thank you you're welcome <laughs> and Kwaku Adji as always pleasure is all yours uh, we will see you next week when we're talking about Kane for then good night Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of dick tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions. Get on it right now!